The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. He had a, she had a sister named Mary, who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Last weekend in the preface to the parable of the Good Samaritan, we heard the question asked, who is my neighbor? And the Lord, of course, gives the parable as the response. And so the entire purpose of the the question from the Lord's perspective of who is my neighbor is to identify the one who is in need of mercy, the one for whom we are called to reach out and to, to be able to serve, to be able to show the love and compassion of Christ. But the question was asked in such a way, and as the, the scripture indicates that, that it was asked so that the individual asking could kind of uh, basically let himself off the hook, that he was saying, who's my neighbor, as a way of being, being able to set up the, the means by which he can identify, who do I not have to love? It's a good question, huh? Who do I not have to love? Where's the line, in a sense? And we recognize that so often it can happen within our own hearts That as we look out at others, as we look out and identify our neighbors, as the Lord would invite us to, we can do so not as a means of charity, but a way of being able to find fault with others. To be able to identify and again, kind of much like the man in the passage, to draw the line of where does our charity end? Martha today in the gospel comes and sees fault in her sister But also, in a sense, you can almost kind of see it, and she finds fault with the Lord. Are you not upset, Lord? Jesus, you should know this above all things. Let me teach you a lesson real quick, Lord. Right? But then also she points to the fault of her sister. I'm busy about all these things, and and she's just sitting here. She's lazy. Look at her, Lord. She's She's literally just sitting there listening to you talk. You can almost kind of understand, too, that Martha was certainly busy about many things. We know from the scriptures that Jesus never traveled by himself. It was always Jesus, and at least Peter, James, and John. More often than not, the whole twelve was along with him, and more often than that, we find Jesus, the twelve, as well as ten, twelve, you know, however many more people, sometimes thousands, following behind him. Those who had been recipients of his words and had been touched and felt felt the call to follow after the Lord, maybe who had experienced some of his miracles and and felt inclined to to go where Jesus went, not knowing where it would lead. And so you can imagine that Martha would hear the knock on her door and find there Jesus smiling with the twelve and maybe a couple of other twelve along with them. Hungry, thirsty, maybe needing their feet clean from having gone and traveled on the road. 
And so in a sense, you can understand Martha's frustration of, of wanting to care for all of these things. Yet Jesus points out that Mary has chosen a better part. She's anxious about so many things, Martha. But Mary had chosen the better part. She's chosen the Lord. Again, when we find fault with others, there's a problem. Many writers in the church, uh, saints of the church, have said that when we find it easier to find fault in someone else than to find fault in our own heart, we're in a very dangerous place, spiritually speaking. When it's easier for me to look at someone else's splinter than to see my own beam, it's a bad place. And certainly in our own time, we can find no shortage of ways to seek faults in others. It seems like every week there's a new terrorist attack to pray for. Every week there's a new violence to pray for. Every week there's a new hashtag to put on your Facebook or your Twitter or your whatever page to indicate who we're in unity with this week and praying for. So often, in the midst of every one of those situations, the immediate response is, who's at fault? Was it this one? Was it that one? Was a little bit of both? Was it everybody on this side? Was it all this other thing? And so much fault finding. But really the ultimate question is not any of those things when it comes down to it. The real question when we get to, to the foundation of all of this is how is your soul these days? Which is probably not the question you're expecting. How is your soul? Are you at peace? Are you at peace? Last weekend, I encouraged a return to the devotion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. For every single one of us to dedicate time to the course of our week, and I pray that you were able to do it, to simply look at the most sacred heart of Jesus. To look at a statue or a picture or a painting or an image you pull up on your iPad. And to gaze at the heart of God that came for love of us and was pierced for love of us. To listen to Him. To listen to His heartbeat and to find the answers of what it is that we're called to do. To listen to His heart. That's what Mary does. In the Gospel, Mary comes first. She knows that there are many things to be done. But she does the most important thing first. Because if we get busy about so many things, we can get busy and so busy that we miss the Lord. That we get busy about doing what I think I need to do, but I miss that which God desires me to do. And so first and foremost, we stop and we listen in imitation of Mary. We sit at the feet of Christ and we allow him to speak. In hearing his words, then we know where to go, what to do, how to respond. I was delighted to hear this week that Bishop Munch, our bishop, has made a call for prayer for our diocese for this week. He's made a call for the entire diocese to enter into a time of prayer, reflection, fasting, and action. In the pews you'll find some cards uh, that indicate that. This is something that's very serious. I think only a couple of times in the five years that I've been a priest has the bishop actually called us to do some concrete thing as a whole diocese in response. So it's notable and it's needed. I want to read just a few words that the bishop invites us with in his own, uh, his own kind of announcement to us in a sense. 
See, these are words of Bishop Munch. He says, as we mourn the deaths of Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge, Philando Castile in Falcon Heights, and the five Dallas police officers, Brent Thompson, Patrick Zamaripa, Michael J. Smith, Michael Kroll, and Lauren Ahrens, we acknowledge that we who make up the Diocese of Baton Rouge are as diverse as the communities in which we live. We have different stories, different experiences, different backgrounds, different opinions, and different understandings. The current situation in our community is fluid and changing. As we search as a diocese to respond in a way that will unite us and bring us together to work for converted hearts and spirits, let us do what we can do now. Our immediate response is a sincere request that all adult persons in our diocese pray, reflect, and fast this week so that we may gain wisdom and courage to become personally and communally involved in building bridges across everything that divides us to become better brothers and sisters to each other. The following reflection questions and prayer are offered to guide you in your prayer this week. Your fast may take any form you wish. Perhaps it can be what you found most helpful this past Lent. Psalm 139 reminds us that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and likeness of a loving, forgiving, and merciful God. Please consider these two questions in your prayer for reflection this week. First, what does it mean to you that we are all made in the image and likeness of God? And second, how can you acknowledge this great truth in your words and actions towards those whom you perceive as different from you? So that's the invitation of our bishop. Again, in the pews, uh, there are the, the little cards, and I ask that y'all would pass them out to each other at this time. I think they're just on one end, or maybe you're passed out, I'm not sure. Because I want each of you to take one of these cards home and to pray with it through the course of this week. On the front of the card is our diocesan crest, as well as the two questions which our bishop has asked us to reflect upon this week. On the back of the card is the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, which we'll pray uh, as a conclusion to this homily. But I invite you to take that prayer and to bring it with you and to offer it every day this week. Just to simply pray that prayer at least once a day, if you're by yourself, maybe as a family, as a group, but to offer that prayer every day this week. Certainly the bishop has invited us to offer that prayer. And so we begin with prayer first. But I want to encourage you maybe to go a little bit farther. And this is Father Brent. This isn't the bishop encouraging you. This is just me. But maybe to try to make it to daily mass an extra day this week. Maybe just to, to be able to go. And if you can't make that for, for whatever reason, uh, maybe just to offer the rosary as an individual or as a family. To have some time praying with scripture. Maybe to stop by a church or a chapel if it's open. Uh, to be able to rest with the Lord and to listen, to be in the quiet and to hear His voice. But whatever it is, to make sure that we spend that extra time in prayer this week with the Lord, to be able to allow Him, as the bishop said, to, to help us to, to hear His voice and to have courage and wisdom to continue to press forward in fulfilling His will. Secondly, is to do that with a spirit of reflection, reflecting on these two questions that we have from the bishop on the card but also just allowing the Lord to speak to our hearts. Whatever questions, whatever, whatever anxieties, if there's any uh, stress or burdens like Martha, uh, to be able to bring those to the Lord too and allow Him to speak to those questions as well. 
Thirdly is fasting. The church invites us, especially during the time of Lent, to offer a fast. And the bishop says to offer whatever fast uh, that you can, presuming that maybe you could pick up the one that you did in Lent. But I would certainly, again, encourage you to, more or less, to make it count. Don't do something easy. Do something that's actually going to be hard, maybe a little bit painful for you this week, to give up something, to fast from whatever it is, knowing that in fasting it has power, it has prayer. And to remember the gospel story of the disciples, how they went and they prayed over the man who was afflicted with the evil spirit, and they couldn't cast it out. And they were wondering why. And Jesus said, this one comes out only by prayer and fasting. And so it's allow our fasting uh, to kind of push and, and, and strengthen the prayers that we offer this week. And lastly, to know that these three things are called to ultimately lead us to some action. The gospel last weekend After indicating who is our neighbor, Jesus said simply, go and do likewise. And so the same for us. Having identified neighbor, having identified every single person in front of us really as neighbor, the one who is in need at whatever particular moment, to go forth and to be the charity and the love of Jesus Christ uh, with them, for them, and toward them. Uh, And so to allow us to really speak to the Lord in our hearts this week, to imitate Mary in the quiet of this time, as we listen to the Lord. And so to begin that time of prayer and quiet listening, I invite you to pray with me at this time, the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, the truth. Where there is doubt, the faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.